Live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio, it's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. Second hour of the program here. Football talk continues. But we're going to mix in a little bit of basketball here right now. Matt Nelson, wide right natty delight. We're talking Cyclones with him. Iowa State earlier this week finds out that one of their top targets, if not their top target in spring basketball recruiting, is going to UNLV. Well, they don't play much, Matt, but UNLV and Iowa State seems like quite the rivalry happening there. Yes, friend. You know, of course you got to bring that up first, but I suppose... <laughs> I suppose we better talk about that. Yes. Uh, for people that haven't heard the news here, maybe not into the recruiting during the springtime, Shakur Justin, a Rivals All-American, ranked uh, by Rivals as the top player in the country coming out of junior college. It was Kansas was involved for a while, Iowa State, UNLV, DePaul got in there, but in the end, he's going to Vegas for his last couple of years of college. Yeah, you know, and... I wish I could say I'm surprised, Trent, but I'm really not at the same time. It's kind of hard to compete with uh, a school that's got a bag man and can pay as much as UNLV uh, can. That's, that's a joke. That's a joke. But no, uh, in, all, in all fairness, you know, I'm amazed at how that, that school does it. They haven't been to an NCAA tournament, Trent. Guess how long? It has been eight years since they've made an NCAA tournament. Eight years. Was that the year they lost to you and I before the Panthers beat Kansas? I believe so, if I remember correctly. That's the last time that they made it. That's and crazy. They've had good players go through, but, you know, mm-hmm. a guy like Anthony Bennett was number one pick and has done nothing in the NBA. Rashard Vaughn is a guy that's in the league, but uh, uh, you really haven't heard much about him since he got drafted. So I'm uh, not really sure. I guess uh, I do know what the allure is. It's Las Vegas. There's really not much more you need to say there. But uh, to be honest, Trent, I was I was really surprised. I thought he was a guy that Iowa State would get um, just because that's what everything I had heard leading up to his decision and kind of hinted at. And uh, the initial report was that he was just kind of looking at all his other options and Iowa State was his number one pick. So, you know, not really sure what happens there. And uh, to be honest, though, I'm just glad that he made his decision one way or the other. And I wish he would have done it a little bit sooner because now I'm afraid that the coaching staff might have to scramble a little bit to fill some of those open spots. Yeah, I mean, it it's really is a stinger. I mean, this is a guy that a lot of people anticipated could come in right away, be a starter, be a guy that you could count on both uh, to be a guy that can score in the scoring ability. But yeah, he's a good defensive player, good athlete, a lot of different things that you look for. You kind of plug a spot. He's your small forward. He can go big with him. He can go small. You want to play him over at the two guard. You could do a lot with him. And now without him, it's back to the drawing board. And, and to be honest, the other guys out there right now aren't nearly as exciting as him. No, uh, that's maybe an understatement, Trent. And it's hard to, hard to say next year really hinged on a guy that you weren't sure if he was going to even end up at Iowa State. But it, in, in essence, it, you know, may have in terms of Iowa State's potential for next year. And I say that, you know, I've got confidence in, in Terrence Lewis. And I know you're a big fan of him, yes. too. I was listening to your show a few weeks ago. I think... He's really dynamic. He's got great size and is a good ball handler and shooter. But, you know, Cameron Lard, I think, uh, is going to have a lot to prove, and I'm actually really happy that he did wind up on campus um, at, for at least another semester, and he'll be here through the summer, which, which is big for these guys to be able to, to play in the summer um, and the spring as well. And then I think Solomon Young showed us some really some flashes of, of potential last year, and I think 
you know, whether or not his offensive game comes along, he's going to be a really solid presence regardless. But, you know, you had a guy like Shakur, and all of a sudden, you know, you've got a team that's easily, in my opinion, in the top three or four of the Big 12, and you've just got more depth that way. So I think going forward, he's going to have to find uh, one or two guys that can play yet this year. I think Elijah Brown is still out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who knows where he goes? Uh, Quite frankly, I think he'll end up at Oregon. Um, But Iowa State's right in the mix. And then, uh, you know, a guy, uh, Beverly is his last name. His first name escapes me. Um, a player from uh, University of Texas, San Antonio, who's transferred and um, has gone on the record saying that he wants to be a Cyclone and is hoping he gets an offer. Um, you know, he's a little undersized, and again, definitely not the same caliber of a player as a guy like Shakur would have been. But uh, at this point, if you're Iowa State, I think you just need bodies. Um, and then I, I think Iowa State goes out and gets uh, Ed Morrow for, for next year's class as well. Yeah, that's uh, the one that'll be on campus this weekend, Ed Morrow visiting. Uh, You mentioned Elijah Brown, the transfer from New Mexico. We've talked about him in the past, Matt. A volume scorer, probably not going to get the same amount of shots if he would make the decision to go to Iowa State next year. Gonzaga on the uh, docket for him, still coming up. Uh, Tell us what you know about Mark Allstark, a kid from Wright State, put up some good numbers. He's going through the NBA draft process. More than likely, though, He'll pull his name back out, then be a fifth-year grad transfer for next year. Sounds like, though, there's some bigger programs that are becoming involved, Louisville among them, who's going to be preseason top five next year. There, You know, that's a good point, and he's the guy that, if you talk to Iowa State fans, he's someone that they definitely would like to add. And, and I know I, the coaching staff has actually been on him for a while. Uh, and, you know, coming from a smaller program, that's maybe where a guy like Steve Prohm and his staff would, would get a bit of an edge. And I know he's been linked to Iowa State. Um, not sure where he stands in terms of a visit and, and some of that information, but I expect Iowa State to be in it with him as well. You know, he's bigger schools are interested in him, Trent, but to be honest, you know, uh, ESPN ranked Elijah Brown as the, I think it was either the second or third best available transfer this year. So, you know, I fully expect a lot of people to take a pass with a guy like Elijah Brown, and um, I think they, they may stand pretty well with Allstork as well, and I think either him or Brown would be, would be very welcome additions. And when you look at the guard court, Trent, I think with, Donovan Jackson and Lindo Wigington, you're pretty confident in those two. The, the real question is what's behind those two players. Right. Um, you've got Darius McNeil, who he absolutely rocketed up the ratings at the end of the season, jumped 68 spots, I believe, Trent, from uh, when they, where he sat before they finished the final ratings. Um, and then you've got a guy like Kobe Long, who didn't really do much last season. Uh, and Nick Weiler-Babb can kind of play that guard spot as well. But I think if you've got to get a grad transfer to, to really feel comfortable about those guard spots and I think Prohm and his staff realize that. So, uh, you know, a forward would be nice just to add a little bit more depth. But personally, I think they've got to hit on either Allstork or Elijah Brown to have uh, any modicum of success next year. You mentioned Cameron Laird. Can you tell us, I mean, it's been so hard to get a read. He's been on campus for a while. He's been working out with the team. What kind of player is he? I mean, is there is there somebody that you could help us maybe just envision the player that many people expect him to be? That is a tough question, Trent, because uh, he's not somebody we've really seen a whole lot of. Um, I think the, the first thing that comes to mind with him is his size. He's, he's pretty tall and lanky. He's about six foot nine, mm-hmm. kind of in that Jameel McKay build. But when I, when I think of him, he'd be, he reminds me of McKay in a little bit, Trent, but he's okay. a, a lot more uh, skilled offensively. Gotcha. It's kind of hard to draw a comparison to him in terms of players Iowa State has had recently. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest, he... And I, I've only seen a little bit of his game, but uh, I think Tyler Cook from Iowa may not be all dissimilar of okay. a comparison. I think I think Tyler Cook's a lot better player, probably a lot better rebounder. But 
Um, I'm interested to see what he can do. Uh, you know, he's a guy who was a top 100 recruit right. um, not all that long ago and, and had some issues. Uh, you know, people said grades. I think what happened was he ended up at a school whose classes weren't accepted by the NCAA, but he didn't know that until he transferred. So ended up going back to his old uh, to a different program and, and finally became eligible. But uh, from what I've heard, Trent, all good things, very quiet, um, doesn't really seem to be distracted by anything and sounds like uh, from the people I've heard who've watched him really closely, he's got a really good jump shot. And it seems like somebody could, who could help Iowa State stretch the floor a little bit, which I think uh, anymore in college basketball, if you want to be successful, that's really what you've got to do. But, you know, he's, he is kind of a wild card. I know you've kind of talked about that before as well. It's really hard to know what to expect out of this kid, especially since, you know, he was a player most people didn't think would actually get to campus. Right, yeah. I mean, it it, it felt that way for a while that it was – he was just going to be that unicorn that never comes around. And uh, luckily for us. Yes, yes, they have. There's no doubt about it. So, you know, Laird and, and Solomon Young, they can probably play together from the sounds of it. Young as more of a, a center, an undersized center. And Laird, if he can stretch the floor a little bit, maybe be a, a stretch four kind of player, he can play those guys together. So with this decision now that we talked about at the top with Justin uh, going to UNLV, does it go from really expect this team to be an NCAA tournament team and maybe bringing those expectations back to, to being a bubble team come February? I think so, Trent. And I, you know, I actually feel pretty comfortable in saying that, you know, adding a good wing player will really help, uh, help this team offensively, but you know, it can be tough to plug in a grad transfer. There's no guarantee that that's going to be a success. I mean, mm-hmm. Iowa State got two really nice additions. So we thought last year and, and they both had their moments, and I think actually Daryl Bowie was pretty valuable almost the entire season. But, you know, it, it's not always easy to, to seamlessly integrate those players. A lot of times they, they kind of come in with their own agenda, and that's not an indictment on the kids that, you know, Iowa State's been recruiting, but that's just the, the nature of things. So, I, you know, I think you really look at a growing year, but uh, you talk about the transfers they've already got, you know, and Shayok, who I think was a huge addition for them, and I think they will get uh, Morrow. I just I think that he really likes Iowa State, and I'm pretty positive that uh, they'll get a commitment out of him. Um, you start looking at next year's team, Trent, and I think this could be a year where, you know, a guy like Lindell Wigington plays and, and gets comfortable. Um, when you start looking at the makeup of this roster, they've only got, if, you know, things stand pat as of right now, Trent, there's only one senior on the roster. Um, right. And I don't even know that they'll have a senior next year. So uh, not something we've seen with Iowa State in the past, Trent, but a, a very young team. And I wouldn't be surprised if they had to have a year kind of like what Iowa had this year, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, it'll be Donovan Jackson. will be the lone senior uh, next year on the squad. And then you're looking at uh, Weiler, Babb, and Cassango. After that, will be the seniors, uh, along with Shayak, who will be uh, in that one year after a sit-out next season. One more on this front, and then uh, got a couple other things I want to run by you, Matt. Uh, if Ed Morrow would say no, if they keep swinging and missing, could there be a shot for Michael Jacobson to get a scholarship offer and, and, and uh, be able to play at Iowa State? You know, I think there's a chance, um, you, you know, you hate to consider a kid maybe a, a plan B option, but that's, that's kind of where he's at. And I actually, I actually wouldn't mind Iowa State uh, going after him, and I think there's maybe a little bit there too. To be honest, it's really hard to tell as of now, but things are really going to start to fall into place now that uh, Shakur has, has made his decision. So I, I really think here in the next week or so we'll see a lot of pieces uh, start to fall into place, and we'll probably get a better read on just what Iowa State is doing because things have really been pretty quiet, but uh, – from what I've heard from people like Chris Williams, sounds like there's a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes. We're talking with Matt Nelson, wide right Natty Light here as we take a look inside of Iowa State. But Matt, you're uh, not just a Cyclone fan, you're also a fan of those Minnesota sports. 
Vikings without a first-round draft pick. They sit at 48. Spielman didn't move into the first round, but what do you anticipate you're going to see out of your uh, Vikings tonight? You know, Trent, they've they've really tried to build their defense in past drafts, and, and that's worked well, but uh, you don't even have to be a Vikings fan to realize that the, the Purple needs some help on the offensive line. Um, <laughs> last night was kind of a surprise. There were some, some first-round type offensive linemen who didn't take taken off the board. Um, so I, I would look for a couple things. I think, one, there's maybe enough uh, good lineman left in the draft, Forrest Lamp. Um, Deion Dawkins is a guy from Temple that's really good. Cam Robinson from Alabama is a name that a lot of people have heard. He was supposed to go in the first round as well. So, you know, it's something the Vikings will watch. If they see a lot of offensive linemen being taken before them, I anticipate they'll try to move up and grab a, and grab a starter. And they, they may do that from the outset if there's a, a player that they really like. Um, otherwise, I expect them to kind of stand pat if one of these good offensive linemen uh, – can't fall to them later. Uh, if not, Trent, I think this is a, a a good draft to have picks in the second and third round, and maybe even the fourth round. The first round, the first round really wasn't anything special, but I think after that, it's pretty deep. So I also wouldn't be surprised to see Minnesota wheel and deal a little bit just to try to, to pick up a few more picks. I know that's that's something uh, Viking fans kind of enjoy because Rick Spielman's been pretty adventurous on uh, on draft day. I just hope Trent the Vikings don't trade up. Uh, in a similar fashion to what the Bears did last night. Oh, Jeez, the Bears uh, got robbed by John Lynch. Uh, don't get me started again. I, I, I finally got past it, and you got to bring it up again, Nelson. What's going on? You know, you know, Trent, I like the pick. I, I, you know, Trubisky's a little inexperienced, but I think he'll have time to learn behind Mike Glennon. And, you know, I think he's, he's certainly got the ability to play and be a good quarterback, especially, you know, he seems to, what I hear, he seems to understand the game and, and in my opinion, has the things you'd want in your franchise quarterback, but... I'm not convinced that the 49ers were going to pick him. I think no. that was just a great bait and switch by John Lynch. John Lynch, he he's been a GM less than two months, and he's he's uh, pulling the wool overs on young Ryan Pace. So I know, poor guy. Is. Final thing, I'll, I don't want to talk Vikings with you anymore. Let's talk about the Twins. Win two out of three against the Rangers down in Kansas City this weekend. Are we going to be talking about this team still come June, July? You know, Trent, I'm not sold. It looked like we... We had a great team, and then they decided to lose a bunch at home, and then they go back on the road and pull almost back to 500. And, and that's coming into a team against the Royals who just can't score runs right now. Mm-hmm. So I look you know, for the Twins to have a big weekend, and if they do, it's one of those road series that can kind of propel you to bigger and better things. So I think as long as the, uh, the Twins get a little bit better starting pitching out of their, out of their back two, uh, Kyle Gibson specifically, I think Hughes has been okay, but you know Santiago and Irvin Santana, geez, Either he's going to win the signing with the Twins or they're going to trade him to somebody for a, a pile of picks and, and young prospects. So I think you can't go wrong either way, Trent. If the Twins uh, want to be competitive, they've, they've got players to try to make a run. But at the same time, um, you trade Brian Dozer and Irvin Santana midseason, and you're going to get some pretty special players out of those two kids. And Sano has been a stud. Buxton is finally starting to round into shape. He is. He's, tur- he's turning the corner, it looks like. He is. He's drawing some walks. He's been squaring up the ball. It's getting exciting. Hey, did you see uh, ESPN Mark Simon had a article about how the Twins pitching staff is, has got so much better and doing it with pitching inside a lot more this season? Have you seen that article? Yes, I have. Very good stuff um, out of Mark. And, and, and something it that... It, you don't think a lot about we just talked about it. I mean when we talked about this team in the spring it was well how are you going to be better when you got this same group of goobers out there pitching well they mm-hmm. figured out a way yeah and that started in spring training it sounds like the, the emphasis was when these guys threw bullpens or simulated games they were told you know 
before you throw any of your other pitches, we need you to throw the fastball over for a strike on the inside half of the plate. And I think they, they stress that so much in the spring that it's, it's carried over. And I think that, and uh, once people can get the fastball down, you know, Phil Hughes has been throwing a ton of change-ups. And, you know, I just think that not only have they done a great job with the starters and getting them to, to use their fastball well, but um, they've also managed the bullpen very well. They've, you know, we were a little worried about, uh, about the bullpen, but their mix of really young players and then some relievers who've got noodle, noodles for arms who have been in the league for 15 years, it seems like, uh, it's been working so far. Let's hope it continues on. Matt, enjoy the weekend. Have a good one, and we will be talking soon. Hopefully for you, some good news coming out of that uh, spring recruiting here with still three more scholarships for the clones. Hope so, and uh, I, I think we'll, uh, we'll see a few players fall in here in the next week or two. Let's just hope that they're uh, guys who can make an impact on next year's squad. All right, now get back to quote-unquote work. Uh, you got it, Trent. <laughs> Matt Nelson. Wide right, Natty Knight. Great guy. Fun to follow on Twitter as well. And uh, joining us on the Draft House 50 Hotline. We'll come back here. Still lots more to come this hour. Danger's going to stop by from over at Nash FM. He's going to stop by. A big NFL fan. We'll talk some draft with him. 2 o'clock hour, Wolfgang will be here. We'll talk Hawkeyes with him as well as we roll through here. It's a football Friday. Jimmy B and TC. 1700K BGG is the big talker in Des Moines. With Jimmy B and TC, noon to 3, sports talk that rocks. 1700K BGG. The weather's warming up, and it's time to think about your spring projects. Wolf Construction Roofing can take any roofing job, large and small. Flat roof, sloped, or pitched. The guys at Wolf Construction will do a wonderful job for you. Most single-family home projects are completed in one day, and your property is left in better condition than they found it. Wolf Construction will do their best to honor you with timely communication, a job well done, and a price that's fair. It's Wolf Construction Roofing. Call BJ Bengard today, 515-225-8866, or check them out online, Wolf Construction. All right, we're back once again here, Jimmy B and TC. Had to do it again after yesterday. Uh, yes. After the draft, look into the office, say, Danger, let's come talk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I sent you a text last night yeah. after the Bears pick. Said, So is that what you had in mind, <laughs> knowing that, it, that <sighs> the opposite of what you wanted? I'm My thinking, blood pressure was sky high. Right. Well, I'm thinking to myself, I was like, okay. I was like, after talking to TC, he wanted to move back or take Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. They trade up to take Mitchell Trubisky. Now, so let, let me ask you this as a Bears fan. Yeah. Uh, I, I, my guess is they're not expecting Trubisky to come in and be able to play right away. And they, in fact, this morning already talked about that. They have, okay. Yeah, both Pace and Fox have talked about that. Sean Glennon's still the starting quarterback. Right, that, right. That's, that's how they're going to go down this road. But when they start off 1-6... and six, Right. All right. That, that and, and, you know, and hopefully, and, and who knows, maybe you end up with a Russell Wilson-type situation where they say, hey, Glennon's the starter, up until the point where you say, you know what, this guy's too good, he looks too good, we're going with him right off the bat. But it, what a surprise. You talk about the first big shock of the night coming pretty quick. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts when you saw that the Bears had traded up? Because I was still thinking this is not for Trubisky. I, my thought was still, you, they, they've got a player in mind that they're worried San Francisco is going to take. It just it didn't make sense to me. The, the part that makes more sense is there were other teams trying to get up to two, right, to trade with the 49ers, and that's why they had to give up what they did. It yes. felt like a lot. Yeah, it it's did. It's going to make the uh, rest of the draft pretty boring for for <laughs> right. me as a Bears fan. Yes, 
So that makes sense. This is my saving grace of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I don't like the pick. I don't like the trading up to do it. I don't like all those things. That's all well and good. I'm not Ryan Pace. I'm not exactly. the GM. Yes. Yeah. That's what he's paid for. Exactly. So. Yep. But the Bears so many times in the past almost went the cautious route. Right. Where at least they have a GM that is willing to go out and say, this is what I believe. I believe there is a franchise quarterback, and we're going to go do it. And, and and I do agree with the idea of if this is your guy, mm-hmm. get your guy. Yes. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. With fans, I'm the same way as any other fan. I hate it until it works, and then I love it, and right. you're a genius, and you're the best ever. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's that's exactly how this is going to be. If it doesn't work, everybody gets to sit back and go, see, it was a stupid pick. We could have taken blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But you, you can do that in any draft. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And, and even, a, even, even today, it's still a 50-50 proposition. Exactly. Yes. It's, you look back, find a draft from three years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. In fact, just yesterday, we were looking at the 1982 draft. It's a 50-50 proposition right. if guys are going to turn out. What did I see a stat yesterday of the number of quarterbacks taken in the first round that are what you would consider to be a franchise quarterback, or maybe it was the first pick overall. No, it was first round. How many are no longer even in the league yeah. or not on the I same team? Too. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and it was one of those things where he's like, wow, you know what? You, you almost have a better chance of this guy not being in the league mm-hmm. in five years than you do actually being a starter that has been great for your team. Right. And you know what? It's the quarterback is the most important position on the field. We all know that. So it gets the most attention. Right. You know, there are going to be a lot of busts in this first round. There are going to be a lot of guys that don't work out. But it's that almost it it, it is picking the quarterback or trading up to get somebody is almost like saying, "Okay, go ahead and put the target on me because mm-hmm. I'm going to be the one that you're going to remember." Yeah. You know, I don't think anybody let, let's just say that Thomas doesn't work out for the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to say anything. Nobody's going to say anything. It'll be a few years down the road. Oh, Thomas didn't work out. Yeah. But nobody's going to look at it and go, how do you make that pick? Because it's so different than quarterback. It is. Yeah. It's just that is the most important position on the field. Uh, it, it, I, you saw it, and here's the thing, if you're a Bears fan today, where I look at it and go, you know what, here's where I don't feel bad about coming up to get Trubisky, is what quarterback over the past couple of years have you not had to go up to get in the first mm-hmm. round? Yeah. Even last night. They were not the only ones to trade up right. to get their quarterback to get the guy that they wanted. Mm-hmm. Every quarterback that was taken, you know, required well, to go up. yes, yeah. required trading up yep. to get that guy. I'll tell you what, the Browns so far still are just blowing me away in that I really feel like now I, I don't know about the Jabril, Jabril Peppers pick. Ah, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. I, I'm I'm interested to see how he works out because it was with him even before the the issue with the drug test. There were questions about how does this guy fit? Where exactly are you going to play him? How is he going to work? Because he was a hybrid. He's yes. He's not a safety. He's not an outside linebacker. Exactly. He's a good kick returner. Yes. Is you know I heard uh, Mike Lombardi, longtime GM, and yes. now works over with Bill Simmons at the Ringer. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to him today, and he said he thinks his best position at the NFL is his running back because it, his his skills with the football and his hands are unbelievable. But he has no ball skills as a defensive back. Right. Well, and that's the thing, too. You look at a guy like that and you say, okay, are you not big enough to play linebacker, but too big and not fast enough and, and are not going to fit, you know, w- when you get to a defensive back? Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? When you're, when you're playing back there. And that's where I look at somebody like that and just go, man, you don't want this guy that in the, at the end of the day, it's like, hey, guess what? We got, we got a freak athlete. Mm-hmm. There's nowhere to put him, yeah. but he's a freak. Yeah. You know, I, 
I, I'll be interested to see, but I loved what the Browns did again. I mean, even acquiring more picks. Yeah, they did trade back up into the first round again to go get the uh, you know tight the end tight out of Miami. Miami yeah. yeah, which you know what I I love I love the pick because mm-hmm. here's the thing: if I'm Cleveland, I'm not afraid to go with Osweiler this year. Why no. not? Right. We're paying him. Yes. Somebody last year thought this guy could be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Yes. I would have no problem if the Browns said, you know what? We're going to give Osweiler one more shot. We want to see what he has in this league. Might as well, right? And, and yes, This and, is a guy that was drafted pretty highly coming out. Right. He's got physical skills exactly. to him. Yes. Maybe it was just... Bill O'Brien and him didn't work out. And that it, could it very could well be. As simple as mm-hmm. that. You, so you could, you could have your quarterback or at least a guy saying, Hey, it's worth trying. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, nobody's expecting big things from the Browns this year anyway. No, so what no. are you really risking if that's the route that they choose to go? If, yeah. If they're looking at it going, well, we don't see anybody or we say, okay, we, you know, we kind of like this guy. Mm-hmm. We'll take him in the second round. We'll take him in the third round. Well, and, they, and they've talked about in Cleveland about what their plan is, is, they want to have the skill guys. They want to have a dynamic offense before they worry about quarterback. Right. That's what they're building now. And you know what? I, I love the idea. And maybe Peppers is a guy that can give you 12 snaps a game offensively. Yes. You yeah. line him up in some different spots there. And you figure out, all right, this tight end is very good, the kid from Miami. And you, and you get yes. these pieces, and you build that way, and then you say, we have this set. Now we're going to go find our quarterback. Yeah, and, and, and at that point, you could make the Garoppolo trade that yes. people had talked about this year, where yes. you could say, okay, we're going to get a guy that we've seen at this level that we think can do this. Well, and they've done enough trading, and they've built it and stockpiled enough picks right. where next year, let's say they go 5-11, and 11 and they have the seventh pick. Yes. Well, they have built up enough where if they want to go up to number one and get Sam Darnold, yeah. you can do it. Yeah, they'll have, yeah, they'll you, definitely you, have the ammunition. Have for or, sure. Whoever, you know, Josh Rosen, whoever the second guy, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. they've built up enough. Cleveland seems smart. I think so too. I love what they're doing. But I we, absolutely love what they're doing. We've said this before with Cleveland. <laughs> right. it hasn't yeah. out and it hasn't well. worked out so well. At least what we're talking about is a guy who hasn't been there. And, and just the, <laughs> the whole idea of we're going to go into this, we're going to stockpile talent, because that's the way I look at it. Yeah. I look at all these picks as we're trying to get as much talent onto this team as we can. And, and you figure out, okay, who are the surefire guys? We're willing to risk some of this depth later on yeah. to, to, to move up if need be. Or you look at a Cleveland team right now, you need depth. Because really, your depth is going to be starters for, for this Cleveland team yeah. with how bad it's been. But yeah, I love what Cleveland did again. How about um, your Lions? I'm, I'm happy Davis with it. For, Flor- for people who don't know, the linebacker from Florida. I saw a uh, workout tape of him as I was going through, and uh, somebody, some Lions uh, person, had retweeted it last night. Uh-huh. Is him working out with his shirt off? Whew. He is a freak. He's a physical. Yes, he is. Specimen. And I'll tell you what, I saw as, as the draft got closer, it, people must have been getting information because you saw his name mm-hmm. more and more and more tied to Detroit. He was on one of those lists of. People that are going to go higher than you anticipate with C.J. Beathard. Right, yes. That's where I first saw his name, Yes, I think, last week for the first and time, then like all of really the, moving up. Yes, and then you started, yeah, you started to see his name tied to that more and more. And I'll tell you what, they had their eye on, the, and here's how you can tell. They wanted this player because you had Reuben Foster that was still out mm-hmm. at that point. Um, so at the position that you need, both of these guys are at the position, one of the biggest positions that, that you need to fill. And that pick was in so fast, there was no, you could tell, there's no thought about do we want to take somebody else. There was no thought about do we hold up, do we try and figure out if there's a way to move back. It was, you know, picks in immediately. Denver's pick was in. You have the guy up on stage right there at the bottom. Detroit Lions pick is in. Mm -hmm. And that told me, it's like, okay, before I knew who it was, 
I said, whoever this is was who they wanted at this spot. Because it felt like we can't get this card in fast enough. This this is our guy. So, you know, I love it. We need the the Lions. They're a team that needs defense. They need linebackers. So I looked at it. This fills a need. I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it was a huge reach. Mm -hmm. So I was happy with it. He's a shade underside for a middle and a fourth. Right. Yes. (laughs) Right. That's that's, if that's your concern, how many undersized middle linebackers have we seen that turn out to be dang good players? Yes. If that's your concern, and especially the way that football has changed, right? I can live with that. As can I. And that's the thing was as Foster continued. I like the old days when I used to get to laugh at the Lions. That was a lot more fun. (laughs) Yeah. No. I I, same here. I I, (laughs) it was the same when Green Bay came up, and it was like Cleveland's traded back in with Green Bay, and I'm like, oh man. Uh I'm like, that's not what I want. (laughs) I don't need that out of Green Bay. (laughs) This is a team that needs to make a pick where you're like, why would you take him? Not a oh Green Bay's getting more. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I was really happy with the way the Lions looked, and I I get excited. I'm still excited for you know because I figure today. Is a day where you can start to hear some Hawkeye names. Yeah, start yeah. to go. Who? All right, we'll put you on the spot. Uh, is it Desmond King? Is it Jaleel Johnson? Is I think it you're going to hear. I think you're going to hear Johnson go before King, and I think it'll go. I think it'll go Johnson King Kittle. I think is the order in which okay. it'll go. What? What are you? I, I'm still on Desmond King. I think that there are enough teams out there, and there's there's a lot of teams that don't think he's a cornerback. Right. They think even best case scenario, he's a nickel corner. Right, right. I, I still think he's better slotted for an outside corner as opposed to an inside corner. But a lot of people think he's a safety. Mm-hmm. But I think there's going to be teams that are close late in the second round. Right. You know, teams that are playoff teams that are going to be very good that are are looking for a guy that we're not going to whip on this pick. You know, yeah. we're we're a couple players away. We're you know a couple stops, whatever it may be. Right. And Desmond King, his floor is so high. That, right. You know, you're going to get a good football player. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. that's what I look at. Is he going to be a pro bowler? Probably not. Is he going to be a guy that is going to be a lockdown defender for eight years in the league? No. But, but he, he also shouldn't be terrible. Right. 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 And, yep. and you're not going to, he's not going to be a bust in the end. So I think that's why he's going to get somewhere late in that second round. But there are plenty of teams out there. In fact, the Lions have been connected with Jaleel Johnson quite a bit, yeah. haven't they? Yeah. And, and the other thing that I think hurts King is not even all King. There's depth yes, at corner, yes. and there's still good corners mm-hmm. that I think a lot of people have higher than Desmond King right. that are are ready to be picked. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think to myself, you're going to continue to fall because there are still corners that are going to go yeah. before you go. That's why I think of him, I'm thinking third round. I, you could see all three of them go in the third round, yeah. though. That yeah. You know, you really could. Kittle, I know, blew people away at the Combine. And there was, I don't feel there was ever question when you put the tape on of what you were going to get. I don't think anybody's, I don't think any expectations for Kittle are different than what you thought you were going to get watching him on tape. He, he's such a better blocker than his that, size. Yes. And the first time I heard about this was last year, uh, last summer. Mm-hmm. And Pro Football Focus had an article and they called him the best tight end in the country going into the year. And I'm like, well, he's, right. a, he's athletic and he's he's got good speed, but. And I didn't realize until they had this breakdown of him blocking what a good blocker was. Right. And then you see it this year. And for a guy that's 242, right. he 
just demolishes people. Yeah, and the and the other part of it too is like I think because I do believe that there are tight ends where now it's a tight end that is basically a receiver. Mm -hmm. You know, I I don't you don't have to be a great blocker because that's not what we are going to ask of you. Might as well uh, stand them up like Hayden did and put your hands on your hips. Yeah, yes, they're not blocking. Right, and then I think there are other teams that still want that tight end that's good good blocker. Mm -hmm. That's where I think he comes into play. Yeah, it's like that's the tight end that we want. We don't want one of these guys that really is just a another receiver that we can put at tight end. Yeah. So I'm excited for I'm excited for night number two. Yeah, uh, ready for this, and then we'll see where we go from here. Absolutely. So, well, thanks for uh, joining me again. You bet. And uh, big win for the Pittsburgh Penguins last night. Yeah. I had the two TVs going. You did. Yes. Oh, I had to. Yeah. Yeah. How was this morning? Uh, rough. Yeah. Yes, very rough. <laughs> Incredibly rough. The the first comment I made to my co-host uh, Lindsay when she got in. I said, I can't believe I drank all of it. That was it. There was no all of it, what the size was, what the amount was. I was just like, that was... Drink it all. It, well, that, yeah, just poor decision-making on my part. So what are the that, Penguins I, and Caps play again? Tomorrow? It'll be tomorrow night. Tomorrow yes. night. So another one in Washington, D.C. Yeah. That'll be a huge game if Pittsburgh could take the first two both in Washington. It's going to be a tough, tough series, though. And I think you got, if if you're a fan of just the, the matchup, you got what you wanted out of that series. You had in the second period... Crosby scored twice within a minute. Yeah, uh, Ovechkin then scores before, so you had the stars of each team that are coming out. A tough, tough game where these guys were going at each other, and I think you're going to see more and more and more of that because I think the hatred was just getting back. It's been a while since these two teams have played. Mm-hmm. I mean, with it, regular season, it went back quite a bit. Their regular season series was done, and I forget how long ago, but it's been quite a while since these two have played, so mm-hmm. you almost needed a... You almost needed a, oh, that's right, we do hate each other right, right. moment. And you got a few of those in this. Good. But, uh, yeah, Benino scores a big goal in the third period to put him up. And then, man, just you had to survive an absolute onslaught at the end of the game where, you know, they, they pulled the goalie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Washington did. I did see and, that part. Oh, yeah. my goodness. I flipped and, over for the last yes. oh, probably 90 seconds. It, it's, it's, one of those, it's one of those plays in sports or, or philosophies or thoughts where if you don't watch the game and understand the game it makes no sense Mm -hmm. like when i'm watching the game with somebody that doesn't normally watch hockey and in the end of it they pull the goalie Mm -hmm. it's always like that is the dumbest thing and it's like it's the dumbest thing until you see it work it's not as easy as you it's it's not these guys just turn shoot it's in the net i'm like it's it is not easy for these guys a to get the puck out a lot of times to get themselves in a position where they can score the icing is going to bring it back down Mm -hmm. and i've never been i've never been an opponent of just just get it down if you don't have a way to get out take the icing get a quick breather Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and then yeah and and if db get your best guy on there for the face off yes if it's not if it's not icing yes or yeah move and that's why the the strategy in there where it's like you you saw it at the end of that game where it's it's like okay we're going to get our our two best face-off men will be out there for this. Yep. So if one gets kicked out, the other one we can move the other one in. So, uh, yeah, that that was a lot of fun. So you're going to stock up the cooler for tonight in the draft. Tonight in the draft. Saturday, Saturday for the hockey. Being a Penguins fan, do you got Yingling in the fridge? Uh, no, no, I don't. But I might have to pick some up. Absolutely. Yeah. Last time I was out in Pennsylvania, I was uh, out there for the Little League World Series. Okay, covering that, and so I'm out there. And sucking down the Yinglings like they're going right. out of style, which like, you always oh, want gotta... to do at a Little League World Series. <laughs> the night was the night right. was finished, and it was time for me right, to right. get after it. So I'm going to try to sneak some home. You know, yeah, got to bring some home because we can't get it here. Right, can't get it anywhere. This is a ridiculous state. Send it our way, regardless. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll sneak it into the bag. 
get up there, flying out of the Williamsport Airport, which is like, imagine flying out of the Boone International right, Airport. Right, I mean, right, that's, that's, right. That's the size we're talking about here. And uh, the security, uh, something in there you can't have. And it's 5.25 in the morning, and I got my six-pack, and I <laughs> got to leave it behind. So what do I do? I got a half hour before the flight, but oh, I chug nice. a couple of those before. <laughs> yeah. get, um... That way it's not a waste. Yeah, exactly. Like exactly. I love it. You might as well. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Who cares? Yeah. But you know what? It's you know it's five o'clock somewhere. It's yeah. five o'clock here. It just happens to be a.m. <laughs> well, as a Penguins fan, I figure you got to be a Yingling guy. So, well, you know what? I'm I'm just a. Last night it was a whatever we got in the house yeah. kind of guy. Yeah. Is what it turned into. Hit them all. <laughs> right. Awesome stuff. Thanks a lot, Danger. Yeah, you bet.